Welcome to Blind Love Radio. I'm your host, Anna Rosen. Enjoy these heartfelt conversations having to do with creativity, transformation, and the divine. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Blind Love Radio. I am so grateful that you're here in the midst of Leo season, all of this Leo season magic that's happening. How has it been for you? I was expecting for Leo season to start out like so easygoing and fabulous and um, like warm and delightful. That's the way I think of Leos. It's been really hard. Leo is pulling at my heartstrings. Holy cannoli. I heard Jeff Henshaw say on his Cosmic Cousins podcast that the new moon in Leo was at 8 degrees and then it was really activating Neptune and Pisces at 8 degrees. Um, And I think that with all of that emotion kind of coupled with the heart. Um, It was a really hard one for me. There's been a lot of tears. Um, And I'm just trying to go with it, like ride the wave. It's okay. It's fine. Um, But I think it's okay that it's not as easy as I expected or had hoped. Um, I'm just trying to go with it and me and Brie in this interview we have an amazing conversation about really centered around the strength card and Leo season and she mentions this amazing thing about the idea of maybe identifying with the lion in the strength card and I had such a visceral um reaction to that on the Leo new moon I kept thinking about that and I really felt like I was the lion like this lion in agony like my heart hurt and it's like a a, like a beast just like freaking out and it gave me new understanding about that little angel woman that when when you're in such grief and pain when somebody responds to you with their heart rather than their mind, like trying to solve and give a rational solution rather than just having like meeting somebody heart to heart, um, that really feels the best, I think. So it kind of just gave me a lot of things to think about. And I really, this just feels like such a pertinent conversation for the Leo New Moon. I hope that your your Leo new moon was amazing. I hope that the Leo season has been treating you well because there certainly are all of those beautiful um, archetypes that go along with it, like bravery and love and heartfeltness. Um, so I really want to, you know, not push those aside. Um, and really just sit with all of it. And I think that's all I have to say about Leo. Um, Today I am talking with Brie. She has a podcast called Open Magic Podcast. And I love it. I've listened to it. She has a co-host, Gina, who I'm gonna have on the podcast later in the week or in the month. Um, and it was so fun talking with Brie. You could find her at tadpole.magic on Instagram. And you can also find her at www.tadpolemagic.com. You could find all of her astrological offerings. She is an astrologer, so we talk a lot about astrology. Um, I love everything she had to say. It was such a fun conversation. Like I said, we really dive into the strength card and I'm just going to go right into it. Thank you so much, Brie, for coming on. I really enjoyed talking with you and I can't wait for you guys to listen now. 
So I'm going to get right into it. I love you guys a lot. I'm sending so many good vibes from my heart to your heart this Leo season. So I'm getting lots of smoochies. Mwah! Enjoy. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, so I'm Teresa Korski. Um, I run the blog Tadpole Magic and also the podcast Open Magic, uh, where we talk about tarot, astrology, all the witchy stuff. Um, so that's kind of what I work with. I love that. So when did you start the podcast? So we started our podcast back in February. Uh, it feels so long ago, but I think it's because we were planning it since like last July. Um, and like, you know, we had all these ideas that we were working with and it just slowly started to become more and more crystallized as time went on. And we like finally, you know, got everything together and it was a go time. I love that you have a friend to do it with too. That yeah, makes it yeah. so fun. She, she is lovely. Um, she's Gina from Incandescent Tarot. Um, and it's really fun to have someone to kind of like bounce ideas off of. I find it really helpful because sometimes you get into a moment where you're just in your own headspace and you're like, ha, how do I make this decision? Like, what do we do? You know? And so it can be nice to have that other person. That's awesome. So what have you learned from doing the podcast so far? Oh, I think just what a plethora of wonderful human beings there are out there. Um, because through the podcast, like through people, um, you know, becoming, asking to be featured on the podcast and things like that. We've been able to connect with people we hadn't known about before, but we're like completely on the same wavelength. And it just feels like honestly, just such a gift. Actually earlier this morning, we just finished a um, interview with someone and it's funny because they're actually located very close to us. Um, and so it was like, Oh, like who knew we have a friend, you yes. know, just like that's the way. It's like you never would have connected otherwise, but right. opening exactly. up this, yeah, this area to communicate. That's so cool. Um, so how'd you get into tarot and astrology? Um, so I have actually a very hard time pinpointing when I first became interested in astrology. Uh, I think it was like one of those things where it's like as a preteen, you're like, I know my sign, you know. <laughs> and then what are your signs? Right. Uh, and then as like time went on, you know, it's like, I think like then as like a teenager, I was like, ah, oh, astrology and compatibility, you know? Um, and then just like as time went on, I started to learn more and more about it. And it's really been in just like, since like, I'd say like the past few years that I started to become a much more concrete part of my life that like, I actually turned to it for guidance, like I see my life through that lens and find meaning with it. And I was actually introduced to tarot when I actually first met Gina, which is how we met, was that she gave me a reading at um, basically a market she would read at um, once a month. And uh, it was that I had run into a friend of mine who'd gotten a reading from her. I mean, I don't think I would have otherwise. And I was like, okay, like my friend did it. Like I've always been curious. And it, it, we still laugh about this to this day because I was so like, just like shut. I was just like trying to like keep everything inside. I was like, like wasn't smiling. I was like, tell me, you know, tell me whatever. <laughs> you know? I was just like, I won't give anything away. And then, uh, you know, I just was so blown away just by this one card reading she gave me. I like, I like bought all these like pamphlets she had at the time and it, I uh, just like ate it up and I attended the terror club that she hosts and it just felt so magical because the deck I had bought specifically for Tarot Club, um, never looked at before, was the Wooden Tarot. And that's a, and I'm starting to see this deck like on Instagram more, so some people might be familiar with it, but it's a nature-based, animal-based deck. And when I was in school, I studied biology and English. And so like when I like laid the cards out at Tarot Club, it just kind of, um, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to say like, I just understood it all, but it's, it was this really lovely blending of like two languages that I just had been so immersed in for so long that it was so fun. Honestly, it just felt very fun to interpret 
um, these images, like through my own knowledge, and then to hear, you know, the more uh, structured knowledge of tarot, and I just couldn't get enough of it. I love that. I love when you like see images that just resonate. Mm-hmm. It's like there you get the reflection, right? I feel like you have to like shop around for. Oh, totally. Yeah, oh I have God. a friend who has collected a number of decks, kind of like in this like, <laughs> and he says he he would keep ordering different decks because it's like he was really trying to find, you know, like these images that, that like just really had all like the components. But I just love seeing it when people get a deck that they are just like in it with, like, and they just like, on the, it just comes so naturally to them because the images do resonate with them so much. I just think that's what's so wonderful about all of like the different decks they have out there. Yeah, so versatile. Mm-hmm. So do you like Oracle decks too? Yes, um, I did my like, uh, I've really enjoyed working with Oracle decks as well. The first one I got was um, by Erin Elise, and it's the Hollow Valley deck of symbols. And her artwork is just, like, gorgeous. And I was like, I have to have it, you know. We've all had that moment when we've seen a deck. And um, that was the first Oracle deck I got, and I just absolutely fell in love with it. Um, because I had mostly worked with tarot decks prior to that. And I was like, I don't know. Like, because I am, you know, people had showed me the Oracle decks they like to work with. And it was just like, ah, like, I'm just like not feeling it. Like, it seems really great for you. Um, but working with that deck just felt really wonderful. And I really enjoyed, well, you know, using both tarot and Oracle decks together separately. Just it, there's just so much like uh, fun and insight to be had with both of them. Yes. So what are your signs? Okay. <laughs> it is, um, so I'm a Cancer Sun, a Leo Moon, and an Aries Rising. Ooh, I feel like this is a very potent time for you. I know. I, it, yesterday it felt, I, it was funny, like, um, so my Mercury and Leo are um, conjunct, which is just like where they're right next to each other, um, right at the cusp of like Cancer and Leo. Like my moon is like, just in just in Leo ever so slightly and I was like as like the sun was starting to approach it I was like oh maybe this will be like a really radiant wonderful time but like yesterday I just like felt so like just so in my own head and like so you know in myself but luckily today I'm starting to feel a little bit more of that openness and I'm really curious to see you know how this season unfolds yeah how was cancer season for you you know it's what you'd expect (laughs) is that it's like I I think that this is what's so great about astrology is that like you can kind of use it to know like especially as you use it over time you kind of know what to expect from yourself like kind of like you you know how you're gonna feel at like cer- certain times like you feel those fluctuations and so like I knew going into cancer season especially because <laughs> the eclipse uh the most recent eclipse was on my birthday actually uh I was like here we go <laughs> um but in many ways so like um for me personally it was really a, I felt like this past month and like this uh in that cancer season and especially the last eclipse really felt like this gate where I was like moving. I made all these like really big decisions, like kind of like big decisions, um, that were all focused on like, uh, distancing myself and removing myself from like past patterns of relationship, um, you know, that were emerging, you know, in anywhere from like work to like, you know, my family, all these different things. And I have removed myself from all of these in like a, a year time span, which is like kind of intense. And so I really felt like that eclipse was like this moment of like, okay, recognize like the work that you've done. And like, now we can move on to the next stage of like healing in many ways, um, you know, all around like family and things like that. But and so it was like intense in its own way, just because it's like so emotional. But at the same time, there it is this kind of like relief and gift that comes with like, ah, well, I think we're moving along in this, like, you know, even though it's like not, you know, rainbows and unicorns, it's like, okay, there's like motion, like, it's not just like, we're staying stuck in it, or like chewing on the same things. It's like, that's like the past now. And now we can start to like form the, the present to imagine what the future is going to look like having made those decisions. 
Ooh, I love that. I feel like it's very like going through the rapids and then you're yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, we're getting to a little smooth sailing point. Yeah, we took a break from like all the rapids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and so we're coasting for a minute, we're starting to get like our bearings a little bit more. It's like, oh, we really are here. <laughs> yeah, it's like it like redirected us through the rapids. That's so cool. So how do you feel about, like, what is your Leo moon? How does that come out? Uh. <laughs> That's interesting that they're, like, switched since yeah, they both yeah. are, like, ruled opposite. Exactly, yeah. Um, so it ends up being a little bit interesting because of that. Um, but I feel like it, it's fine because I, I tend to only think of, like, the negative aspects of, like, my Leo moon. But I have, the positive aspects of it is, like, um... As I've, it's actually as I've gotten older, and I definitely think that this will continue in time, is uh, I do find, I feel like I have like a pretty robust sense of humor, and, um, and am able to use humor uh, both in a detrimental way, but also a very like positive way, um, and that there is like just a sense of like childishness with it that's very like playful, very creative, like very like, what if we did this? Like, what if we did that? You know, there's just a lot of possibilities. Though, of course, like it comes like the side of like, it can kind of be like the petulant child sometimes. Uh, and you know, like it wants the attention and like, you know, it doesn't want to be rejected or like all these things. But, you know, it's a constant process of, uh, you know, working with that, our, our inner child. And, and I really feel like the moon in Leo specifically is such an inner child placement um, that demands some uh, tenderness and care and, like, space for it. I love that. And it's kind of cool because, like, thinking about that, the fact that it's, like, like kids are able to show their emotions so easily too whereas like we're so used to like keeping them bottled up into ourselves that it's like it can be so vulnerable when we show them but like also so freeing it's like this is who we really are this is how we're feeling I love that I love the way you put that and like that's what I think is gonna be so um excite especially I feel like once we move past like Mercury retrograde and past its shadow um I think that's gonna really open up for a lot of people because I'm pretty sure I would like need to double check this but I'm pretty sure Venus has moved into Leo or is soon but I think there's actually gonna be like a lot of planets in Leo currently that I think it's gonna feel very accessible to a lot of people that kind of like openness and um you know, desire to show up and uh, express oneself, you know, however that ends up being for that person, you know, it can be in so many different ways, which is what's so beautiful about this whole experience. But I think we're going to be feeling that, you know, kind of collectively amongst one another. Ooh, yes. I love that. So how's it being in Aries Rising? I feel like Aries Risings are so cool because they have all the houses, like, in the correct, like, it's like an OCD dream. Like, everything is right where it should be. Right. I, I will say, like, I do think it's, like, it can be easier to interpret things having, like, a natural house system. I... You know, it's my when I first started learning about astrology, I like had like a very hard time like grasping my rising sign. But now I I really am very interested in people's experience of like their ascendant sign, um, and have its symbology in our chart. I think it's actually very potent and powerful and beautiful. Um, as an Aries rising, that gives me a lot of energy, and I find. <laughs> It's like, it's, I think it can be really great, but it can be, I have to manage it sometimes because a lot of times like in work settings, I'm very much like that person that's like there to find the solution. Like I am there, like that isn't working. We're not doing it. Instead we're doing the, you know, it's like very like definitive. Um, I, I'm very, uh, I can be very headstrong and, um, and independence is like another key word there um but just like I, I feel like I'm ready to like enter situations with, like enthusiasm like guns of blazing like let's do this kind of energy um so I can but for me I was always like managing a little bit of like oh like well maybe consider someone else's point of view or like maybe we can do this slowly or like maybe this can be a thing that we do 
like, you don't have to make all these crazy changes right now. So it's like a little bit of like a negotiation process. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's really allowed me to take a lot of like bold action um, and have uh, a lot of like confidence behind it. Even when I like haven't felt so confident, I'm like, I guess we're doing this. Like, I'm along um, for the ride. So do you feel like you're more of your rising sign? I feel personally like I'm more my rising where I, I've heard like other people say like that's what we're working towards is our rising sign. But I feel like we're working towards our sun sign personally. Like I feel like we are our rising sign and then we're kind of like learning how to express the sun energy and we've like come into it with these already like emotions from the moon. But I don't know. Everybody's different. Yeah, everyone is different. I find it's really interesting to hear people's experiences with, like, you know, kind of, like, what direction they feel like they're going and understanding these different aspects of ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, because, like, you'll also hear people say, like, oh, your ascendant sign is, like, less important as you age, which, like, I, I personally don't feel that way at all. But I think it's really interesting to hear just – that there's like an agreed upon that there's some sort of motion happening. So yeah, like uh -huh. yeah, there's some sort of motion happening between um, these placements. And I think how I kind of like, how I like to understand it personally is that, you know, I, I feel like at our core, like the light we radiate and shine is our sun. But we're really, at the same time, like, this is reflecting against our, like, lunar body, which is, like, you know, all of, like, our emotional knowledge and, like, what we need for comfort and things like that. So we have to, like, take into account, like, that light as well. And I often see, like, the ascendant as kind of being, like, this, like, prism all of that light shines through. So it's, like, this, like, base energy that then gets, like, translated through the role of, like, the ascendant in some ways. And um, that's how I really like to interpret the ascendant is, like, that it's, like, this threshold between our inner world and, like, the outer world. And, like, that's why you sometimes hear it. I, I don't love the description of it being called, like, a mask because I think it's just as authentically a part of yourself as anything in your chart. You know, we give that story to it. Um, but that's, like, why people it, – it does absorb people's impressions of you as well as how you're projecting yourself out to other people. Um, so in many ways, I feel like we're just, like, learning how to do all of it <laughs> you know, yes. and moving towards all of it. Um, but I think it's, in many ways, just, like, trying to find, like, the equilibrium between each of them and, like, use them to the best of their ability. Uh, because, you know, it's, like, sometimes I feel like we can, like – really like lean into our rising sign but like then it's hard because we might not have like our heart in it whereas like you know we need to utilize our you know sun sign energy in a way that might be different than just like you know it's most uh uh basic nature you know so what's like a current transit that you've been going through well i guess you've been going through a lot of them <laughs> <laughs> But, like, is there any other, like, big, I don't know, transits that you've been navigating? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> well, it's, like, I mean, it's, like, there was that eclipse where um, the sun was right on my sun and the moon was in opposition to it. So that was, like, a bit intense. Um, it, it really, I was, like, it, I don't like to be, a, you know, afraid of transits or anything like that. I just, like don't think that's how we should use this knowledge. But I will admit with that, I was like, okay, like we know this is happening. Like, let's see what happens. And like, luckily, like it was just mostly just um, not even in like a super intense way, but a kind of gradual emotional thing. Um, but something that is really interesting for me to have observed from just these like past few months is um, that Chiron has entered Aries and my so that's like my first house since I'm an Aries rising and that's also where my Saturn is mm -hmm. and so recently uh Chiron has been conjunct or like you know right right on top and right next to um my natal Saturn um and I'm gonna say that is not the easiest transit um it like <laughs> it's like so devastating to like read anything about this online so I think it's important you know to form your own experiences because it's like you'll read things it's like this is where you just run out of luck like <laughs> uh, wears off, no one likes you and I'm like oh no like 
Tower, which has like really kind of been when this transit has like particularly come into clarity, is like I have been running into like a lot of like it's like logistical walls of like you know like an like a crazy unexpected bill that I have to like contest or like you know and then our cars I see it was like all in one week I had like all these things happen and like that was just kind of like the tone to my summer um but uh I'm gonna be I at the same time am not upset that um Chiron is in Aries because I'm and especially now that it's retrograde I'm very uh interested in like leaning into kind of like that restoring healing energy it can give us and that even with like those challenges I've had to face even though at the same, at, like, the, at the time, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this. It's like, I was. I was totally able to handle it. Like, not what I wanted to do, but I was, like, fully capable. Uh, and so that was, like, affirming at the end of, at the end of it. <laughs> I feel like you always have to remember that with those, like, really hard transits. It's like, this is supposed to transform me into, like, <laughs> the new evolution. It's okay. This is all for our growth. Yeah, it's like, it, it, it's funny because it's like, I sometimes, I, I mean, I do feel like we grow in much more gentle ways, but we like don't notice it because it's like so, you know, these like more challenging dynamic aspects end up being so jarring that we're like, I'm awake, I'm awake, like, I'm really <laughs> yes. like, you know, and so, but those, and it's for that reason that we're paying attention that um, I think they end up being so palpably transformative because we are so like, aware like whether we like it or not (laughs) yes I feel like once you notice it you can't turn it off for sure it's like a faucet that you just open so do you dream are you a dreamer like Uh, actual dreaming like at at night I was like I was like oh this is such like you know wonderful question um I I do dream uh and I have and I have enjoyed at least trying to dream journal uh-huh. um, but I do think it comes better to some of my friends than it does to me uh-huh. um, but I do enjoy I I, I do w- when I can remember dreams uh, I definitely do try to sit with them and like you know kind of tease it apart and be like oh like you know what kind of meaning do I invest in like so-and-so and like what kind of meaning do I invest in so-and-so um something that I found really interesting is that I've sometimes like this has happened like once or twice so I don't want it to sound like it's like this like reoccurring you know montage happening but that I've had dreams that uh, specifically use astrological symbols in them that's cool really crazy Like like what it was this one dream specifically I like need to make sure I get all of like the aspects right about this but I it was like last year I or yeah it was like sometime last year but it was that the moon was on top of my natal Venus which is in Gemini and uh transiting Venus was on top of my natal moon so you know we we got that like you know cross reference going on there and I had some dream about like that I was a lion and I had this like evil twin sister lion like led to like conflict and chaos like with like people in like my like real life and I, and I like woke up I was like what is happening like this is very strange and like luckily it's a dream you know and like nothing is actually happening everything's fine but I was like and then I looked and I had looked at my chart later that day and I was like whoa <laughs> really weird like this was like specifically um I think it was that this like evil twin sister was like going after like my partner or something like that and I was like oh no like this is very bad That's um, so but cool. I, like, and I was like oh my gosh everything's normal like this is fine do you daydream a lot since you have your son in the fourth house in cancer you know I do I, I won't feel like I daydream a lot but I do think I end up in a lot of internal conversation with myself Um, And I think a lot of that too is because my Mercury is also in the fourth house in Cancer conjunct Mm. my uh, Moon in Leo. Um, So I just like I I can I can very easily end up just kind of like in my own world, like like, self reflection. Yes, big time. Just like essays in my head. Like it's like 
I, I have to make sure to like interface with like the outer world enough because it can be so easy for me to just like retreat into myself and be like, I don't even know if I know how to talk to people. <laughs> so you're a writer also, right? Yes. Okay, so let's talk about that. Like, when did you start writing? What do you like to write about? What's your writing process? Any yeah. and all things. So I have, I've been writing for a very long time. Um, that was really my main activity that I was doing as a child. Um, especially when I was like, I, I would say like, especially around like 12 or 13, like I would spend a lot of time doing that. Um, and like the forms it's taken on has changed so much like throughout the years. Um, and now I write for my blog, Tadpole Magic, and, um, you know, I have like a couple other writing projects going on. And I really love writing about metaphysical topics um, because I find that when I sit down, it's like sometimes it's this balance of like sometimes I'm just like randomly inspired. And I'm like, whoa. And usually what happens is that I'm trying to make it an Instagram post. And I'm like, oh, this is too long. Like, no one's going to read this like random like long thought I'm having and uh and so then I'll I'll go turn it into a blog format that's happened a number of times it's been this like really nice like organic process um and then uh also so I really like writing about these metaphysical topics but sometimes I do have to like show up to do it but I have found that sometimes like I'll come in with like you know just uh you know bare bones idea or like there's like kind of these like scattered ideas and in just sitting down and like sitting with it I've actually been able to um you know kind of find your, your own new insights you know from yourself you're like oh I didn't know I had that you know thought or that perspective um like I've I'm a contributor for this next series of trellis and the zine and um it, I was like having to write a piece for like their money issue and I was like oh geez like I don't really work with like you know money in relationship to this modality a lot but I end up actually writing about a topic that I found really enjoyable and um, I'll also write for um, our Patreon as as well. Nice. Yeah I love finding those little jewels. I think I heard who maybe Liz Gilbert said like the jewels that are hidden inside you it's like up to you to find. Which is like, I know. (laughs) I think we all need to remember. Well, like, I think that's like so important to remember too, because in our conversation that I had earlier today, uh, you know, we talked, we were talking about how, you know, there's so much information out there. And like, it is so great that like, there are all these like amazing forms of inspiration, like via Instagram, wherever, you know, that it's very accessible for a lot of people to share their thoughts, which is like really wonderful and great. And I think it's awesome. We get to like bounce our ideas off of one another or be inspired by one another. But I think sometimes when we get like overly saturated, we can end up being like, the answers are outside of me. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, and I, and I love that um, quote because it reminds us like that, you know, we have that self-knowledge. Yeah, we just need to like stop and pause and like filter through everything and come back home. Ooh, that's so cool. I feel like you're reminding everybody to come back home to themselves. That's beautiful. And and that's how it is with, um, you know, metaphysical modalities as well. You know, I think, I I think it's such a beautiful, tender journey when people first start getting, you know, curious about like anything, like whether that's like from, you know, astrology to tarot, whatever that, you know, we all start like, we're like handed the tool and you're in you know, when you're a practitioner that's been working for a while, you know that people, even as beginners, have their own insights um, because, like, you know, these are all, like, stories and, like, these are archetypes and themes that, like, we've probably digested in one way or another, even just when we were younger. Um, but it's it can be so touching when it's like, what do you mean I know something? I know nothing. And it's like, just sit with it. And um, I've, I've had really wonderful experiences were people who I think they felt like they didn't know anything about, you know, any of these modalities. And they'll just like say, they'll just say something um, that's like from their experience and how they're interpreting whatever I've said to them. I'm like, yes, 
Exactly. Like, look at that. That's all from you. And it's just like so beautiful. Yeah, it's so cool how it can take on different shapes and forms. And it's already in everybody's lives. It's just like learning how to like see the picture or like what's coming up with tarot. Let's talk about tarot. So what are your favorite tarot cards? What do you like identify with the most? Um, any and all things. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of my favorite tarot. It's like funny because my like favorite cards, I like such like a fraught love hate relationship with. Yes. And um, and I just it's so funny because um, we actually had an entire episode where we were kind of uh, waxing poetic about this card. But a card that I have been really, really working with, like this, maybe even two years at this point, is strength. Mm. um is such a card that um <laughs> I like laugh to myself but I'm also like oh whenever it comes up um which is like really interesting and then I also I love the depiction of temperance in uh one of the decks I have which is a wooden tarot where it's an otter um it's like, like slipping through the water and I just think I love that depiction so much it just like brings me so much peace to see it um and then otherwise I really love the queen of wands and also um the page of cups all have little tender spots in my heart yeah so like water and fire seems Mm -hmm. to be the big theme so how do you feel about strength so how I feel about strength this is a really really good question yeah (laughs) um so what we talked about in this episode was just like how um Strength has always been a card that, like, I mean, this is, sounds very basic. <laughs> that reminds me of my own strength. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but on, like, you know, a little bit more complex level is, like, I think that this card has appeared for me so many times as I've been, you know, making, like, really intense, like, emotional decisions um, that, like, it's always reminded me. And kind of, we, we were analyzing, like, the dichotomy between uh, the lion and, like, the person in the card and it's like oh like which one do you identify more with and I think it's that I often feel like the like wild lion that's just like ah, like you know what's happening like what do I do and um whereas like the little angel person always reminds me like very touchingly of like the version of myself that like made decisions at the time based on the knowledge and feelings I had that like basically how I would continue to show up to save myself in many ways um which I and it's like being put through these situations that like demand action or decision in order to preserve oneself um but that even though it's very challenging that I'm fully capable of it is like how I've often seen this card is like remember you are capable of this even if it's challenging even if it's like unpleasant like you got this, like, especially as you've already, like, worked through all these other things, like, this isn't new, like, you have this, like, lean into it, and um, I think it's, like, a little bit of a card that asks for surrender and, like, this balance between, like, our wild, uncertain emotional selves and then, like, you know, the inner wisdom that we carry. Yeah, this, this card always comes up for me when I'm, like, super depressed, and I'm like, I can't go on, let me draw a card, (laughs) it's, like, strength, I'm like, oh, (laughs) it's just so intense and tender, it just feels like such a tender experience to, like, be kind with yourself, also, like, I know you're feeling this way, and I know it's, like, you don't even feel human from all of these emotions. I love that idea of identifying with the lion too. I never even thought of that. Um, but yeah, that's so beautiful. It's just like a call to kindness to, yeah, be more gentle. I love that. I love the call to kindness. And like, yes, like I totally understand what you mean about like drawing it at a time where you're like, this is my lowest <laughs> <love."> Yes. <laughs> Is this rock bottom? <laughs> it's like, yes, but <laughs> keep going, keep going. <laughs> so what, okay, so the Queen of Wands, let's dig into that one. I pulled that card today. Ooh, yeah. Mean, what do you feel about pulling it today? 
Well, I was kind of thinking, I talked about this in the podcast I did earlier. I kind of have this idea right now that like whatever's in your first house, like those um, whatever elements. So I have Scorpio and Sag. So like water and fire is kind of like that archetype is kind of represented in the court card. So this idea of like, I would kind of energetically be resonating this queen of wands or king of cups. Um, so that's kind of just like what it made me think of. And I never usually resonate with that archetype, which is funny because I have a sunflower tattoo. And <laughs> like, when I think about it, like, I feel, I feel like feisty and creative in the way that Queen of Cups or not Queen of Cups, Queen of, uh, Queen of Wands is, um, but I identify more with that Queen of Cups and Queen of Pentacles, like, more, I, I think I feel like the water takes control a lot, like, the same feeling that you get during water seasons when it's just, like, like big waves that just take over and I think I'm like I think with drawing to like that opposite element for balance I'm like usually it's like my first instinct to kind of ground into the opposite so I end up identifying more with that but when I come back to like my natural patterns I think that's really what's there is like that magic-y watery fire like I love the seal analogy that you said with temperance like this ability to like slip and change and I think that's why it's like I'm always like earth like ground me down but um yeah so I've kind of been thinking about like what is really like our nature even when we identify with maybe the opposite because it makes us feel safe I love I love your whole experience and like thought process of that and I'm really like I need to think more about you know the elements of your first house uh you know with the court cards it's like I'm like I know isn't that fun Yeah, I was like, I'll be thinking about that later. Um, but yeah, I mean, like for me, it's like the Queen of Wands is, I think, how I see myself when, or it just like is like a part of myself when I feel like, you know, good. Like just like when you're feeling good and in alignment with yourself, uh, and, you know, and like you really feel like just fully present and there is like, you know, I, I always feel most alive and like lit up when I'm like creating something or like have a new idea for something. Um, and so I think that's why I like always feel called to that card a little bit. Um, you know, it, it just, I really feel my own inner fire when I see it. So what's your card of the year? Do you do that for your birthday or no? (laughs) Well, um, the card that uh, I like need to remember what my, I think my card actually also for like my birthday specifically, but um, I also got like a year ahead ring done for this entire year. Uh-huh. Um, and I think they match, but that it's um, my card for the year is strength, unsurprisingly. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's very perfect. It was like strength, like, like this is how it breaks down is that it's like strength is my card for the year. It was like my card for April. And then it was also the card I drew for like how I could align with cancer season. And oh. I'm pretty sure I, I always like, um, I know that there's like different ways to do like the birthday calculations, you know, but I also think I like tried to do it very briefly and strength also came up and I was like, oh, I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to see this again. <laughs> so how did it show up in April? Um, so this was a really interesting time for me. Um, because I, I'm trying to remember how the sequence of events happened, but it was that, so last year I became estranged from my parents after, um, many years of like fraughtness, um, and just deciding that like, it's like, okay, I don't think a relationship can be had here anymore. And at, at the same time I was going through 
very similar dynamics that were in my family in my workplace. And it was like very, very intense and painful for me. And, um, I decided to leave that job. Um, and I'm like trying to remember what month this card came up now, but like I, I left that job and then I had been at another, like I had like, you know, a little on the side job that I was doing and, um, had been doing for years and had enjoyed, but it was those same kind of patterns were coming up again, where it's like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like I'm having to like win, you know, attention and effect, like in recognition from like my employer in order to like get X, Y, and Z, like, this is ridiculous. Like this should be, it was like the same kind of dynamics. And so that was actually surprisingly the one of like very difficult for me to leave, but I think it's because it was like so small and like not a huge part of my life. And so in, a, in many ways symbolized kind of this like last, like, you know, cutting off of like this kind of way of being for me and so then I also left that job and I was like cool like wiping my hands clean like I'm not doing this anymore like I will not be in these situations where you know um I'm feeling like I'm having to sacrifice a part of myself or you know give more like you know just to get the bare minimum like we're not we're not doing this anymore we're putting boundaries up and so um, it was a very like emotional time where I was like oh my gosh like I'm really making all of these decisions for myself like I'm really trying to show up in like a completely different way to like you know these dynamics in my life and um and so I really feel like I, I wrote this like very long emotional <laughs> blog post about it as like a reflection um but that's really when I felt like this card was coming up as like you know, remembering the ways that I have saved myself, even when it's felt like, you know, I felt lost or confused or uncertain, or even like these, the way I was making these decisions were like, you know, irrational or like emotional. Um, but that like, I was able to trust myself at the end of the day to like make these choices, protect myself, save myself that we at the end of the day are like our own guardians. Um, was like how I felt with that. So like I like you know wrote this like essay. You know? Yes, like, the yeah. saga. <laughs> yeah, but that's like how it showed up. I was like, oh my god, like we are in, we're in it to win it here. <laughs> that is big, and I feel like it's very like you have to go through it to get out of it. Also, it's like you couldn't avoid it. You had to like be in there and decide that it needed to end and like go through all that uncertainty. And it's totally a card of intuition and like trusting your intuition. I think especially like the way it can look wrong to other people, like even depicted in the card it's like it looks like she's like being really gentle and it's like everybody else is gonna be screaming like that lion is gonna bite your face but like you trusting that you know what's right it's like it ends up like just allowing yourself to grow uh, sometimes like the scene I get in my head like now that I'm thinking of it right now is like Kind of like with that relationship between like the lion and like you know like the angel person is like you know how when like a dog gets out and it's like freaking out and it's like snarling at people and like all these different things but then it's like you know because it's scared and lost and like doesn't know what's happening but like the moment you know you might once it recognizes you like you know before it might be all standoffish and like get away from me and like but the second it recognizes you and just like comes to you and like collapses Yes. Like that where it's like I've sometimes thought of like you know the, the line is like this like you know can be so ferocious but I, I look at the image in the card like very tenderly almost like it's like maybe this is like us desiring to have something to surrender to like knowing that it can give us that kind of protection that makes me think of like a coming home to yourself also which is so beautiful. Like after the chariot, like the hero's journey, you're like expecting it to be somewhere else. And then it's like, oh, back home. Gems within yourself. Yes. Oh, full circle. I love that. Um, so what do you think about every mercury being retrograde in leo since we're talking about strength and like 
all of that. I'm trying to remember now if uh, Mercury has moved back into. Oh, cancer. maybe it's in Cancer like, right now. I was like, maybe you're I'm right. Not, you know what I'm really enjoying is that I feel like there's so it's really interesting. There's like this interesting polarity with uh, Mercury retrograde, especially this Mercury retrograde season. Which with is it really, like switching. Well, it's that like. Um, I, like, have seen a lot of things, like, it's, like, I've seen on one side, you know, like, the typical, like, be afraid of Mercury retrograde, ah, like, your world is going to collapse, but I've seen so many amazing posts that are, like, so well-worded and, like, so beautiful about, like, you know, how Mercury retrograde is really from, like, the vantage point of Earth and, like, how it, like, reminds us that, like, we are only, like, a small part of it, and, um, and for me, I really welcome mercury retrograde and especially have like really welcomed it in like you know where my sun sign is and also where my moon is is like that's like the area it's been like tracking over because it's i i was like i'm ready for it like give it to me because i think it can bring so much reflection and like revisiting like the scripts and stories we tell ourselves because um i think mercury retrograde and like i've said this a number of times like i think mercury retrograde reminds us of how powerful our thoughts are and our words are and like shaping our like present our everyday reality like our viewpoint of ourselves you know and like this also depends on kind of where it's hitting in your chart that it can you know show us just the power of how our thoughts words and like the information we're bringing in can influence like how we interface with like those aspects of our lives um, and I always, I, and I think it's really powerful, like how, you know, it's like these issues we tend to, uh, hit with like Mercury retrograde, like, you know, like technology and like emails and whatever it like allow it gives us like the gift of like having to slow down and like gives us like kind of like a break from this like constant treadmill of like content creation, like texting everyone. And it's like this like constant humdrum. And it's like, ah, I will give you this gift of like brief silence. You didn't ask for it, nor do you want it. But like now is the opportunity. It's like you um, need and so it. for me, having it in like my fourth house and then my fifth house, it's been exactly what I've needed in terms of like revisiting and from a different perspective like my issues with like my family and how that reflects on me and expands these other parts of my life and then also how that's affecting how I want to like express myself and like you know how I want to create from it Ooh, I love that I'm like thinking about now like I didn't even think to see where I don't know why I didn't think about where it was <laughs> in the houses I feel like there's so many layers you like forget sometimes. Yes, I talk, you know, and I think that's like the thing is, it's like, um, there's so many wonderful ways to like approach the knowledge of it. Cause it's like, you know, you don't like, you can just think about like how those things present in your life period without your chart. But also something that I personally find really fun is always like blending tarot and astrology together. And, um, I enjoy, and I've like shown this on my Instagram as well. Um, is like where you draw a card for every single um, of your astrological houses, which of which there are 12, and you only turn up the ones that like you're interested in looking at in terms of the houses. So it's like, you know, you could ask about Mercury retrograde. And I, I like shared this on my Instagram where it's like, so you draw those 12 cards and you flip up like the house where your natal Mercury is, like, um, you know, where Gemini is in your house and also where transiting Mercury is to kind of piece together like the picture of like you know what themes and lessons you can draw from uh you know this transit oh that's such a fun idea i love that i'm gonna go do that like immediately oh <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's so fun so what do you have on your midheaven you have um capricorn, capricorn. so like how does that show up um, so, like, my two most populated houses are my, like, fourth house and then um, my tenth house. Oh, um, that's interesting. It's, I mean, I'm just, like, very goal-oriented. This is uh -huh. 100% true. I am a workaholic. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's, like, basically all the stereotypes are, like, there and, like, 100% accurate. Um, it's just that, like, you know, I really – I really care about how I present myself. Um, I really care about, uh, you know, my work. I'm always trying to strive for a goal and, um, 
you know, I, and I feel like in many ways, like, uh, that's like what's led to like, you know, my blog, like the podcast I run, um, you know, these different things is just like, I always, um, I want my time to like be put into something that feels meaningful. Ooh, that's beautiful. It's like using it for the collective instead of for like personal evolution specifically. Right. Like, you know, yeah. an empire. Like. Yes, right. You're not a corporation. <laughs> um, so do you give readings to people? Yeah, so um I'm like gonna be like re- like I've luckily again this I wanted this. Like I was like, give it to me with this Mercury retrograde. It's like I'm going to be rewording a little bit about my offerings, but I'll be able to tell you them here, which is that, um, so I, I offer one-on-one like astrological sessions. Um, so I'm reframing it from being like a natal chart ring to it being like a little bit more free flowing, a little bit more dynamic, um, that we can kind of talk about whatever you're interested in. Um, and I always want to be based on like, you know, your experience. Uh, rather than me telling you who you are. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> not that that's done in a nail chart ring, but I wanted to open it up more to this, uh, more of a one, a specifically one-on-one format. Um, so I offer those, I'll be offering those for 60 and 30 minutes. I do house-by-house tarot readings where, um, you know, it's kind of that same system I just explained to you where we can use the astrological houses as a framework to use tarot. So this can be just really helpful, um, especially for like really big questions, anything from like big to small, but I think it helps like segment it a little bit. So it's like not just like super overwhelming. Um, And then um, I also offer a 12 week, like one-on-one personalized course where we go through your own individual natal chart, like essentially placement by placement. And it's paired with customized exercises so that you can kind of really get a grasp on your own energy and these facets of yourself. Ooh, that's so beautiful. It's all just helping people understand themselves so they can grow and heal. That's beautiful. So can you tell everyone where they can find you and all of that good stuff, the podcast? and Yeah, um, so you can find me at tadpolemagic.com for my blog and information on my sessions. Um, I'm on Instagram at tadpole.magic, um, where you can see me post about astrology, tarot, all that good stuff. And our podcast is called Open Magic. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. We have a website, openmagicpodcast.com. And then um, we also have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash openmagic. So just variations all upon (laughs) one another. So feel free to find me in any of those one spots, and I'm sure you'll be able to follow the threads to each of them. Perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. And it was so much fun talking with you. And I love talking about all the planets and Cancer and Leo and the strength card. Woo-hoo. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved it, please give it five stars on iTunes. Rate and review it. If you love me, if you love this podcast, I would so appreciate it. And it really helps for other people to find the podcast. If you want to connect with Brie, you can find her on Instagram, tadpole.magic. Definitely go follow her. Book an astrology reading on her website, tadpolemagic.com. Definitely listen to her podcast, Open Magic Podcast. And that's about it. I'm really so delighted with this interview. I hope you guys loved it. I hope that it spoke to you, maybe softened you a little bit within this Leo season. And I'm just sending you lots of love. I hope your summer is going amazing. I hope it's filled with books and watermelon and the beach and all of those amazing summery things. Just like the grass between your toes. Ah, doesn't that sound lovely? Um, Whatever you can do to make it more summery. 
that just feels good. Just slowing down a little, um, getting your creativity out. That's definitely a big Leo theme. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got to say. If you want to connect with me on Instagram, I would love to hear from you. I am at Blind Love Tarot. And I love you guys. I hope that you have an amazing day whenever you're listening to this. I'm sending you big love. Mwah.